Inker fam, Azro here. It's a great start to what is bound to be a wonderful day. And today I want to share with you some call-ins that I've received over the past couple days and other feedback. And I'm going to give it the working title of the Lucky Charms Mashup. Lucky Charms because... It was one of those cereals that I ate as a kid and Lucky Charms because each person that I've interacted with on Anchor is like coming across a four-leaf clover and then mashup because we're mixing it all together. So have a listen, let me know what you think, and let's just get into it. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Azro Hepworth here. Welcome, positivity people, to episode number two of the Lucky Charms Mashup. Let's start today's Lucky Charms Mashup by bouncing the energy back over to Maria Humphreys. Osro, I just wanted to call in and say thank you so much for paying attention to some of my content that I'm putting out here on Anchor. I love bouncing the energy off everybody, and we are all lifting, lifting the planet. We are all making the world a better place. Thank you so much for what you are putting out there in the world, and I can't wait to hear more of it. Okay, have a great day. Bye. Maria, you are most welcome. I would like to pass the thanks and appreciation back to you as well. It is quite reassuring to hear individuals like you calling into my station and just offering that amazing energy, that uplifting energy, and the encouragement for all of us. Thanks again. Speaking of encouragement, here's another call-in from Maria where she is celebrating something very very exciting hey osro i just wanted to call in and say hello and tell you how much you are inspiring me i just went live on youtube and i did a couple of little short blurbs on there but i don't think i've never gone live on there on youtube i have my youtube channel but i always record things and then post it But I think I'm okay going live. You're giving me uh, inspiration. Um, And so I mentioned you, actually. I mentioned you out on the live, uh, one of the live ones that I just did. And so I wanted to let you know that your name is being bantered about in a positive way, as always. And have a great, great day. Thank you for being out here on Anchor and in the world. Bye. Now, isn't that exciting news, positivity people? Maria going live on YouTube and Instagram for the first time. Thanks, Maria, for the shout-out on your live stream. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing future live segments coming from you. Now, on the note of going live, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I've noticed there's a lot of apprehension from people, which 
is expected. This apprehension is not insurmountable. I have found that one of the best practices to overcoming the apprehension of going live is to just do it. Um, the only way you're going to develop the comfort and the ability to be at ease on camera is to practice, practice, practice. Now if you're still having a hard time bringing yourself to try out the live stream features on the social platforms, remember that you can go on for 5 seconds, 5 minutes, 50 minutes and then delete the content and it will not be there permanently. So practice, practice, practice and share it with those that need to hear what you have to say. Thanks again Maria for your call-ins. Much appreciated. Nippon ni Iko. Let's go to Japan and hear from Furan Sensei. Ozuro-san, konnichiwa. Hello Ozuro. Thank you for your shout-out and other segments about learning Japanese. I think you are a very enthusiastic fan of Japanese culture and you really like Japanese language. And you said to me there are some opportunity which you started Japanese study. But I wonder what is the most favorite thing in the Japanese language? Why I talk to you like the question, I've met many kinds of people who learn Japanese. Some people said to me, I like Japanese sound. Or another person said, I like Japanese animation so much. Of course, there are so many aspects in Japan and that language. But if you could explain about that, what is the most favorite thing in Japanese language now? Arigato, Furan-sensei. Thanks, Furan, for the question. So the question is, what is it that I like the most about the Japanese language? The answer that comes to mind first is actually learning how to read and write Japanese. I think there are a few reasons for this, for my attraction to learning to read and write a language. Number one is that it was a good challenge learning how to read and write three different alphabets over a semester was pretty challenging and exciting. And the last time I was challenged like that was back in kindergarten and I didn't have the level of self-awareness I have now to really appreciate the complexity of learning to read and write. So that part was definitely fun and exciting and I still have a long way to go. The katakana is still challenging for me because most of my energy was spent on hiragana and then the kanji as well. I learned about 40 kanji and learning how to integrate the kanji in the hiragana and katakana all together in a sentence is something that I still aspire to work on. Another thing I like about the Japanese language is the level of understanding it gives me about the culture. Um, one of the motivating factors that 
pushed me to learn Japanese is the fact that I wanted to learn more about the Japanese culture and more importantly the Japanese people and I learned the best way to get to know the people as a whole is to learn the language and as Furan will attest to in a future segment the complexity and the nuance of the Japanese people is hard to explain in English. The only way you can really grasp the complexity and the nuance is to actually learn the language, learn the sentence structure, and learn the grammar, so on and so forth. With that said, let's listen to Furan Sensei's next calling. Anyway, you told many things about Japanese in your station.、Uh, then I want to listen to your segments again tonight or tomorrow because I have to teach the Japanese for the learner tonight. The learner in my Japanese learning group, most of them got the N1 level, but some people will take the Japanese test on December and I prepared to teach them for the Japanese test. And I read the tests which were done in the past. And then I sometimes think even if the native Japanese speaker, the test is a little difficult, especially the long passage reading or listening test is difficult for the learner. How cool is that that Furan is going the extra mile to study the Previous exam so that she can better prepare her students to pass the exam that's going to be coming up. That's so cool. Now, in regards to reading and writing comprehension, I found that part challenging as well when I was taking class, especially at level two Japanese, where there's a lot of kanji integrated into the sentences. It's not the kanji themselves that make The sentence structure difficult. It's that some words actually combine kanji with some hiragana. So knowing which version of the kanji you should be using to integrate it with the hiragana is a challenging part of the reading and writing comprehension. Another area that makes it challenging is that. Sometimes a sentence doesn't necessarily need to have a subject because the subject is mentioned earlier on in the paragraph. Whereas in English, you always want to have a subject and a verb, and so on and so forth. Whereas in Japan, the subject is assumed to be known based on the paragraph in the context of the overall story or essay. One thing I do appreciate about the writing system is. The kanji.、Um, it's quite amazing how a symbol can represent a whole word or even a whole phrase. So once you make it past that big learning curve of knowing what the kanji is and sort of letting your mind make the shift from like the way English or Roman a Roman alphabet is used to kanji to where a symbol that has say 12 strokes can mean a whole. Thought. So instead of having to read out a whole sentence that could have, could take up two lines, you see one or two kanji and you grasp the idea and the concept. And 
I think that's one thing that at least Western people raised in Western culture have a challenging time overcoming, but once you grab it, it's so much simpler and it makes me wonder how easy the English language could be if we were able to go back in time and structure it in such a way. Now, let's jump into Furan's next poem. Because that test needs to the people to understand Japanese complicated cultural things. So I sometimes have the difficulties to explain about the Japanese ambiguous words. And most of the Japanese writing and conversation sentences are not made in full sentence. So the learner who live in other countries have to guess the Japanese thinking way or heart. And there are no clean sentences in the natural Japanese writings or talking. And I think it's sometimes very difficult for the learners. So, Furan Sensei、um, sort of repeated what I actually said earlier, and that is that in Japanese, the subject is not always required in a sentence. And this is where understanding the culture, or this is where understanding the language helps you understand the culture, because you could be reading a sentence in Japanese or hearing a conversation in Japanese. And if you come in, say, in the middle of the conversation or the paragraph or the story, you'll be confused because you don't understand the context. Whereas, let's use a conversation for example, if we're talking about let's go to pizza, and then the conversation continues and we're not talking about the subject of the conversation, someone new to the conversation could be confused because they don't understand the context. So, a lot of stuff is meant to be inferred, and that translates into the culture as well. Like, a lot of stuff in my observation when I was there goes unsaid. And it's very similar to the language. A lot of stuff goes unsaid in the spoken language as well as in the culture. It could be due to the collectivist mentality, whereas in the US it's very individualistic, and in Japan it's very collectivist culture. And it could be that that collectivist culture leaves a lot of room for intuition and understanding each other on a deeper level beyond spoken word or written word. And that could be why people from the West have a hard time grasping those nuances of the language. Now, I could continue on for minutes on end, but. Biggest takeaway, I think, and Furan, when you hear this, is that your students need to sort of let go of their old way of thinking when it comes to having a conversation or writing a sentence and really try and grasp how the Japanese people, the Nihonjins, interact with each other and learning that level of cultural engagement. Will help them learn the language faster, help them understand the sentence structure so that they can pass their reading and writing comprehension test. Hopefully, that helps. And I have another question. 
Do you have any difficulties in your Japanese study? And how did you do to resolve when you face the difference of the culture between your country and Japan? Anyway, thank you very much. You mentioned about Japanese and sent me、uh, many things. I'm very pleased that we could meet on the anchor. And it is okay to send me your message in your free time. Please don't do that in a hurry. Please send me in your easy way. Thank you. Have a nice day. So, difficulties in learning the language and or difficulties in engaging with the culture. So, with the language, again, it's the alphabet. But once you sort of get the alphabet down, that's sort of there for you. The next difficulty would be the kanji and understanding that one symbol can mean multiple things and being able to give, allow your brain and mind to have enough flexibility to realize that this symbol can mean this in this word, but it means something totally different in another word. So allowing yourself to be flexible and Be patient. It's a language. It's gonna take time. And practice, practice, practice. Now, in regards to the culture, overall, I fell in love with the culture. I really appreciate what the Japanese people bring to the world. With that said, there were a few things that sort of irritated me, if you will, when I was there. And that was the unwillingness to like say no. So, for example,、um, hello, do you know where this place is? And then the answer would be yes. And like we would get directions that weren't always correct. So, that was a shift. And another part that, at least personally, is the.、Um, Over focus on being humble and constantly like submitting. Now, that could be because I'm so used to American culture where people are really like in your face and there's all this like me, 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 get out of my way, I'm gonna do it the way I wanna do it. So, I don't think that one way is good or bad, but I just know that. When I was in Japan, those were some of the like cultural、um, conflicts that I had within me. It had nothing to do with people. I just noticed that those things sort of were my own barriers to like fully embracing the culture. With that said, one of the things I do love about the culture is people's willingness to help. So, on the one hand, the willingness not to say no can be irritating. On the other hand, the willingness to say no can be very helpful and supportive because you could ask an individual, where is this store or where is this restaurant? And instead of just telling you, like, go down the street, take a left, take a right, they would actually walk you to the restaurant or the, to the store and be like, here it is. And it was out of their way. So that was very, very impactful. And then many people say it if you look at any traveling. Vlog or YouTube video, you could leave your wallet on the bus, in the coffee shop, on the street, and it won't get stolen. And 
that is amazing as well. So, finishing up this sequence, I just want to say, Arigato Kuran Sensei, thank you so much for your call-ins, for your insights, and your questions. I really enjoy having these conversations with you, and I hope it brings value to any listener out there that's thinking about learning Japanese or who is currently learning Japanese and it could use some encouragement. Now, let's jump into the next segment. Alright, the next couple call-ins are from Seeking Plum. To give some context, it they are pertaining to a back and forth we had in regards to her segments on empathy. Um, I was leaving a comment on one of the segments and instead of putting a thinking emoji, I accidentally clicked the anger emoji without realizing it. And here is her response to my misclick. Hey, Astro, I wanted to touch base with you. You called in asking why being right is so seductive, and then I responded. You added an emoji that kind of looks like a little frustrated face. I added it as a pop-up, hoping for some context. But for me, the app is not doing that. So I'm not exactly sure what you were thinking or what you meant by it. So I don't know if it was uh, whether you put it there in context of what I was saying, whether I said something that upset you or bothered you, or whether your initial call was meant to be a rhetorical question and, uh, and I should have just left it unresponded to. And if that was the case, I apologize. And perhaps it's just my app being wonky. But but I thought I would at least call in and uh, and touch base with you one way or the other. So immediately after getting that call in from Seeking Plum, I jumped over to the segment that she was referring to. And sure enough, I had put an angry face instead of a thinking face emoji. And I couldn't help but physically facepalm and say out loud, oh my gosh. Thankfully, we were able to resolve the misunderstanding both through the messaging feature and the call-in feature. And that brings me to a point that was brought up over on Eileen Station in regards to call-in. And in particular, I like the response that Gator Johnny sent in. And he mentioned that call-ins, echoes, text messaging, it's all evolving because of the newness of Anchor. And essentially he was saying that we're, we are developing the culture and the, the culture is not well established so there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be misclicks, there's going to be fans and there's going to be audience members that don't know how to use all the features yet. So. If something comes up and you're not quite sure what happened or why it happened, reach out with an open heart and an open mind and just see if you can get a resolution. And then on the point of learning the platform, I was putting together the sequence of back and forth that Seeking Plum and I had 
and I realized that I couldn't add her segments to my episode and she has found or she found a similar issue when she tried to put together an episode and I'll let her share that with you here. Hey Azra, I was relieved when I learned that the uh, the emoji was a misclick. Thanks for getting back to me about that. And I've been where you are, Anchor not allowing us to use other segments in our episodes. I, I have been frustrated by it too. I understand it, but it's also when you want to reflect on what you've heard, it can, you don't necessarily want to recap the entire thing. And if somebody hasn't created an episode of it, then you can't even refer your listeners to say, hey, go listen to that episode, and that's what I'm talking about. Oh, which leads me to my next point. I did create an episode, and when I did, I included one of your call-ins and my response, just in case you uh, have any interest in that. I didn't include all of the call-ins today, just, just the one. Anyway, I like what you did, both before you knew and after you knew about being able to include other segments. Now that was Seeking Plum, and if you want to get full context around our what we were talking about in our conversations, I've made a segment of it. It's episode number two of the Osro Hepworth Show, and you can hear Seeking Plum's thoughts and ideas around empathy over on her station. Let's jump to the next call-in. Oz, um, I found your station from the KT Kevin Touch, and I was just wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on Gary Vaynerchuk? Because you sound, your advice and his work kind of in conjunction, so let me know what you think. Thanks for doing what you're doing on Anchor. I really appreciate your, your what you add to this platform, and uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, Emery, for your call-in and your question. So you asked... What are my thoughts around Gary Vaynerchuk? To keep it short and sweet, I would not have found Anchor at the time I did, which was just over a week ago, without Gary Vaynerchuk. So in that regards, I had a, I have a lot of thanks and appreciation to him. As for what he's doing in the world and what he's expressing, I support a majority of it, 100%. The areas where he speaks about positivity. I essentially developed my whole 365 day challenge where I make positivity louder around Gary Vaynerchuk's need to make positivity louder. Another area where I think Gary is at the top of the game is in regards to relating to individuals and specifically the younger generations and people that come from less privileged areas, if you will. A few segments that stand out is one where there was a group of high school kids in at his office and he essentially was like, if you're good at selling drugs, if you can be profitable at that, you can be profitable in a business because it's essentially the same thing. So instead of investing your time and energy into selling drugs and having the worry of getting busted, invest that same amount of time and energy into starting a business and you'll do just as well and you'll do better because you're not worried about getting in trouble. 
show. Just his ability to just reach so many different people is impressive to me. He can do a keynote in the States, he can do a keynote in Europe, and he can do a keynote in Asia and speak to each of their individual needs and speak to what they need to hear and speak to what they want. And I think that's because he speaks to universal principles. Be authentic, be yourself, be humble, be patient and know what you want. And I think he is quite an influence in my life as of late, but there's also been other people. Simon Sinek, who wrote the book, Start With Why and Finding Your Why. Tim Ferriss was the guy that initially really turned me on to entrepreneurship as a lifestyle for our work week. And of course, the pioneer himself, Tony Robbins, really helped me get out of the funks that I was in when I was younger, helped me realize that I can change my mindset if I really decide to, and I do not have to play victim to my story. And Gary speaks a lot to that as well. He acknowledges people's story and he says, if someone that looks like you has made it, then you really don't have an excuse. And then as he says that, he's like, I, but I understand where you come from. I get it. Life's tough. Life's hard. And it's not easy. But if you push through it, if you want it, you can get it. Now, on the note of pushing through any hardship and just getting it through pure determination, work ethic, and willpower, I want to pass you on to my final call-in and no Lucky Charms mashup would be complete without this gentleman as a part of it. Hey, I was KT, man. Just really impressed with your station today. So I got a lot of great pieces on. Just checking it out now. But uh, really good stuff, man. Keep it up and uh, just stay tuned for the end of the week. All right, buddy? Stations to watch. That's all I'm going to say on the KT station. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, Mr. Kevin Touch, a.k.a. KT. Thanks for your call-ins. I appreciate all your support. And those of you coming across his name for the first time, swipe back, listen to the segment, favorite his station. He also has a second station titled The Anchor Nation. Check his content out. And with that said, we will end episode number two of the Lucky Charms mashup. If you've made it this far through the episode, thank you so, so much. It means a lot to me. And what would it mean even more is if you called in and shared with me any thoughts, questions, or just ramblings that you would like to have included in episode number three of the Lucky Charms mashup. Ciao for now.